This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. I'm a little sports goblin. All right, welcome in everybody to Fan to Fan Detroit. I'm your host, Andrew Norris. This is Double P, producer Parker. We have a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, week three of the NFL season is wrapping up as we speak. Uh, the Miami Heat just advanced to the NBA Finals, taking down the Celtics in six games. For a minute there, it really looked like it was going to go seven. So the NBA Finals will start on Wednesday. And then we have a new segment for you, Would You Rather Sports Edition. It's an idea Parker came up with that I love. I think wait, it's going to be wait, a lot of fun. Wait, I'm not the person who came up with Would You Rather. I will not Ian Carmel this. For this particular show, it was Parker's idea to do this segment on this particular date. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do that at the end of the show. Uh, but let's get started. Let's start with the Lions this week, since it's not sad to sad Detroit this week. Yeah. They pulled off an upset victory against what looked like an absolute powerhouse of a team in the Arizona Cardinals until they ran into, wait a minute, Matt Patricia's defense? Oh. Matt Patricia's defense was the biggest problem they've had this year? Does that make, first of all, does that make any sense? Like, based on what we saw the first two weeks, how does this coin just flip like that? Where does that come from? Uh, I think... I so I think that the Cardinals gave this game away. Uh, in my opinion, the Cardinals lost this game more than the Lions won this game. Uh, I did not think I have some defensive complaints, and I think so do you. I think that Patricia getting a second crack at this offense—that's, I mean, basically the same. They do kind of they're kind of the same from last year. There's some obviously DeAndre Hopkins sized variables, but at the end of the day, the way that offense functions is basically the same. So. I guess we kind of saw a little bit of that Ben don't break work a little more this week than it has in previous weeks. Okuda was much better today. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, Okuda, Okuda was much, much better. In the first half, he was tackling machine outside yeah. of that Kyler Murray play. But, I mean, that's just Kyler Murray being Kyler Murray. That wasn't like Okuda's the worst defender in the world. I know it looked bad, but I think he could have made most defenders in the league look exactly like that on that play. Uh, he lost it a little bit in the second half outside of the interception. He missed a couple tackles on New Hopkins. Um, but, I mean, miles better than he was last week. Miles better. He was in better position. Um, on, a, on a lot of the plays you saw where New Hopkins just had like five yards of open space when Okuda was covering him, I think, again, that's more of a scheme issue than it was on Okuda. Okuda's supposed to take those extra five yards back and give him those first five yards. They're not playing press man. Um, but when he was in the position, which was more common this week than it was last week, he typically made the play, including a huge interception on Kyler Murray's third interception of the game, uh, where he got an awesome block for Deron Harmon, which turned into 20 more yards down the field. And then the offense wasn't able to capitalize on it. Um, what you said about the Cardinals losing this game more than the Lions winning this game, I couldn't agree more with. The Lions should have scored 40 points in this game. Uh, especially the thing, the thing that probably bugged me the most from this Lions offense was after that third interception, they have great field position and they go three into a field goal, three plays into a field goal. Just nothing got going on offense. Yeah. Stafford didn't, Stafford didn't look great. Really this whole season, he hasn't looked great. He's been good. He was good today, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, 
but he hasn't looked like last year's Stafford from the first eight games of the season, which was like an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, uh, I didn't particularly care for Stafford today. In my opinion, I, I just didn't. I thought it just seems like him and Amendola don't really have chemistry. Uh, obviously, Kenny Galladay being back, there was some bigger plays, but I haven't. I just haven't seen the consistency. He missed two guys wide open in the end zone back to back. That was bad off one of those interceptions. Uh, I, of course, it is house policy on the show to never blame Matt Stafford for a win or or a loss or a mediocre win. This is as close as I come to that. Yeah, and I would agree. And but outside of just the general big picture things that we all saw happen in this game, I thought there was a couple interesting takeaways. For one, on Twitter, so many Lions fans are clamoring about Swift and Carryon Johnson. They need more playing time. And I get it. I really do get it. But when Adrian Peterson is playing as good as he's playing right now, like you got to give him the rock. And you can't just be like, okay, well, we're 0-2. Here you go, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson. Hope you can play well. It's you. We're still, as much as I don't want to admit this, we're still in a position where you have to try to win, especially with a coach and a GM who are fighting for their jobs. You can't expect those guys to just roll over and die as much as some of us want them to. And I get it. We don't want these guys in control of this franchise anymore. But Adrian Peterson right now is the best running back on the team, especially on first and second down long yardage and third down short yardage, which is mainly when this team's running the ball um, and every other team. But you you got to keep him in there. Um, we saw MV – go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to talk uh, about I do think that no rushing attempts and no receptions – oh, one reception for DeAndre Swift is probably, probably not good. Uh, I don't know exactly what it means, but I don't think it means anything good. Yeah, he only played five snaps today. So he is he is yeah. clearly third on the depth chart. Um, yeah. But a lot of that, of course, has to do with Adrian Peterson got 22 carries today. Don't worry, Lions fans. That's not going to happen throughout the whole season. He's 35 years old. It can't. It can't happen throughout the whole season. And then Carrion got hot in the second half. He was playing as good as we've seen him play over the last couple of years, um, making big plays, finding holes, getting some catches, doing everything that we thought he was going to be able to do two years ago. Um, so I still think Swift's going to work his way up. I think Carrion will get more touches like he did this week. You just got to be patient. It's coming. Carrion was on the field a lot last week. He he was the guy in the like the first the first offensive possession. It was all Carrion Johnson, and that's mm-hmm. a scripted possession. You know they they know what they're going to do. So I'm less worried about the Carrion Johnson involvement. I think when Peters Peterson's like Zeke, man, when he's like hungry and he's eating, you just got to feed it to him. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, now, we saw a great Matthew Stafford at two points in this game. It was at the end of the second quarter and pretty much the entire fourth quarter. He had that touchdown drive when it went. We scored a touchdown. Cardinals scored a touchdown. We, we scored a touchdown. That third touchdown drive to end the half was money. I mean, perfect. Um, the biggest play of that drive, in my opinion, he saw the blitz coming. Uh, he had Swift. That was the one reception he had. Had Swift out to his left, put him out wide. The blitz came and he hit Swift for like a 16-yard pickup. Basically made that drive what it was, allowed us to get the touchdown. And then, of course, the fourth quarter, he was, I mean, fourth quarter Matthew Stafford. He was as good as it gets, especially that final drive. It was yeah, chef's kiss perfect. 
I mean, perfect. It couldn't have been yeah. better. He had like a 50-yard pass to the GOAT himself, Marvin Hall, taken off the board by a holding penalty, which I'm still a little bit skeptical about because they didn't show the replay yeah. one time. I didn't see that. That's ridiculous that they didn't show that replay. That is that fishy to you? That's fishy to me. Uh, no, it's not. Did, who was it on? Who did they call it on? Was it Big V? Big V. So it's rough game for Big V. I bet that was a hold. But yeah, but he's also playing right guard. Like I don't understand what they were doing there, but it worked. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line wasn't horrible today. Um, now the biggest adjustment in this game was the thing we have all been waiting for for three years. And that was they put pressure on the quarterback. Not a ton. They only had two quarterback hits. They only had a few pressures. But they were blitzing. They were getting in Kyler Murray's face. Uh, not all the way, but they were pushing the offensive line back and making him rush just a little bit, which has which showed that it works. It, I mean, he threw three interceptions today. Patricia finally, finally made the adjustment we've all been asking for. The number one thing. I mean, there's a couple of things I would rather have him do, or I would have him do on top of that, but that was the number one thing. And I think if he can continue doing that into next week when we get Trufant back, and then after the bye when we get Coleman back, maybe, just maybe, this won't be the worst defense we've ever seen. Am I completely bought into that? Not by a long shot. But am I bought into the idea that it can maybe be better than what we saw in week two against the Packers or in the fourth quarter against the Bears? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty bought into that. Some good takeaways uh, on the defense. Uh, I here's my I have a I have a question for you, uh, and this is a question that I, I genuinely don't know the answer to or have a thought about, but it is something that I just kept seeing. DeAndre Hopkins has ten receptions for 130 yards or whatever, and Kyler Murray at one point is 20 for 30, three picks, nine nine receptions to DeAndre Hopkins. Why not double cover DeAndre Hopkins? And that's where we run back into the Patricia problem, right? Because it's the right? bend, don't break defense. So as I was talking about earlier, they aren't <laughs> going to play that press man coverage with Okuda. So what that's doing is it's it, – and Hopkins is one of the best route runners, one of the best catchers of the football in the yeah. National Football League. And what that did is he could just run a little curl nine yards out every time, and it's waiting for him. Yeah. Um they finally made the adjustment, like going into the fourth quarter, and did it a little bit. Uh, but the, we should have seen more of that earlier, uh, especially with Kirk out, where you don't have that huge other options. Larry Fitzgerald's a million years old. Like we should have seen that earlier. Um, now here is where I'm at with the team as a whole. I don't believe in them at all. I think this was a fluke. I saw some good signs, but I don't believe it's going to be consistent. What they have to do to prove to me that this team is worth rooting for wins for and not giving up on is beat the Saints next week. Because what happens if you beat the Saints next week with dead-arm Drew Brees and a bad defense is you go into a bye feeling good about yourself, and then you come out of that bye with a schedule where you face the Jaguars – uh, the Falcons, who blew another huge lead today. We'll get to that later. The Colts, who are 2-1 but don't look great. The Vikings, the 0-3 Vikings. The Washington football team. The Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans. And then the Chicago Bears again. If you go into the bye 2-2, two and two, you have to at least be feeling decent. Otherwise, you're kind of lying to yourself because you don't want to get your heart broken again. 
that's a pretty that's a slate of a bunch of pretty bad to mediocre teams. Like the Texans uh, are going to have some problems. The Texans have problems. Uh, they face three really good teams, including the Steelers, who are also very good. Might I add, uh, two very good teams and one okay team that just happens to be three and zero. We'll get to that uh, later as well. I have thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons suck. Uh, the Panthers suck. The Jaguars suck. And the Vikings suck. I don't think the Bears are that good. I just – you're going to have to – somebody's going to have to show me some very specific tape because I've watched a lot of Bears, and they are not good. No. Uh, maybe Falls is better than Trubisky. Maybe, 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 big maybe. But there's a reason why Trubisky was starting over Falls. So I think that's a bunch of winnable games. And even if you go in one and three, I think you've kind of got to look at this and go, okay, we played four really good teams. And we are in, theoretically, I'm including the Bears as a theoretical good team. Uh, and we went one and three. And we are in, and if it's competitive against the Saints, we are in three of those four games. Uh, I think that you kind of got to look at, look at it and go, I don't know, could be worse. No. No, you do not. We've been doing that for all of eternity. Like, that is what we do. We were 3-4-1 and one last year, and we were acting like this team was going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, every Lions fan was like, oh, we almost beat the Chiefs. Oh, we almost beat the Packers. Moral victories, don't, they work in year one of a new head coach. Year three of a head coach, get your moral victories out of my face. I, otherwise, what we are is we're the person who gets cheated on, and we turn back to the person who cheated on us over and over and over again and expect it to be different. Doing the same thing and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. And I understand that we're not choosing to be insane. We've been driven there by this franchise, but we can't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. We are well past that. So after the bye week, if they win their next two games and they're three and three, what do you think? They beat some bad teams. They're lucky to be three and three. Okay, I think three and three would be about how I'd feel about that team if they, if they, if they manage to play close to the Saints and then win their next two games. I mean, you're gonna get you you get to play some bad teams sometimes. You know, uh, it's okay to beat bad teams and then go okay, so we're better than the bad teams. So if the Lions can go nine and seven and, and look at a playoff spot, I'd be feeling pretty good about that. Are we are we ready to make the I know we started the before the season we were there. We were like nine and seven, ten and six. After the first two weeks, we were ready to burn Ford Field to the yeah, ground. They sure. beat the Cardinals today. Are we ready to like jump back on the side of hmm, maybe this is a nine and seven team? No, but I don't think that firing Patricia at the bye is gonna do anything. That's kind of where I'm at. What if they lose forty two twenty one to the Saints next week? Uh, I still, I still don't think what's, what's firing Patricia going to do for you? I guess is my question. It stops letting this defense make bad and worse habits week after week after week. I guess I, I, I just don't see like whatever defensive core, who is the defensive coordinator right now? Uh, Undlin, it's, it's the Eagles old corner coach. Who's Matt Patricia's bud. And he hasn't changed the defense at all. He was supposed to come in here and call the defense. But now, I mean, it sure looks like the idea when they brought him in was, hey, I'm going to get you your first D.C. job, but you're not changing shit. (laughs) Yeah, so that's my – that's where – yes. That's why I don't really think that firing Patricia at the bye at this point is going to do anything. If you're 0-4 and and you're this young, it's it's kind of like the new owner thing too. If you're 0-4 and and you want to prove that the culture is changing, then you fire Patricia. But uh, if you're 1-3 and and you've been pretty competitive in a lot of games, then – 
you look at that Bears game as like a crazy all-time anomaly that the Lions, to be fair, have had a lot of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> does it? Is it is it an all-time anomaly anymore when it happens every other week? Well, it's kind of like the Seahawks always play the most insane football games. The Chargers play the nuttiest games. And the Lions are just like, I guess the Falcons have been that way this year, where their games have been just like so weird and strenuous to watch. Uh, the Lions are just in like kind of a weird class of that. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just like, I, as I told you after week one, I finally hit the point where I understood same old Lions, Lions fans, right? I finally got it. And I want to stay here because I know what happens if I don't. If I don't oh. stay here, they they win a couple games and you're like, oh my God, are they going to do this? Are they going to turn this thing around? And then they lose to the fucking Jaguars. Like, <laughs> oh, no. That's, that is what the Lions do. They need to beat the Saints next week. If they beat the Saints next week, I'll say, you know what? Maybe. They go into the bye week, they beat the Jags. They're 3-2. and two. Then you're going to see me shouting from the rooftops that this team's awesome. But before that moment, I will not believe. I refuse to believe. I refuse to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I refuse to let them do what they've done to me my entire time as a Lions fan. And that is break my heart, stomp on it put it back in, fix it, right? I get a little surgery. I'm not feeling great. Rip it back out and stomp on it again. And that's what they do. It's what they're made for. And we've now, I mean, let's not forget, this is a 10 and 24 coach or whatever it is. He's, 11 and 24 now. No, 10 now. 10 now. 10 Today was now? 10. And one, the one, the one tie because he blew an 18 point lead against this Cardinals team. But I'm not, I'm not buying in yet. As much as I was excited watching this game today, I refuse to allow myself to be made a fool by this joke of an organization. Fine, let's. I'm done with the Lions. Let's go around the league. Let's start there. Yeah, there's not a lot to say. They fucking suck still. They got lucky. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I was looking for. Uh, another 16-point comeback for the Bears, except this one was a little bit different. And why was it a little bit different? Because it was Nick Foles doing the comeback. The second Mitch Trubisky sucked, they got his ass out of there. They put Nick Foles in, yeah. and he looked really good. He looked really, really good. And is that a product of the Falcons being what they've been so far, which is like the start of a Lions season on steroids? Or is it a product of Nick Foles? Uh, I think that the Falcons are just not – something just is not right in the soup there. Uh, it's just not going right, man. I don't know what it is. You and I were on, you and I were way ahead of everybody on this. The Falcons were going to suck and they just like keep doing the same thing, but they get 5% worse every year. And eventually that like kind of reaches ahead. And I think that's what this is. This is that they've been 5% worse for the last four years after the Super Bowl or whatever, however many years. And now they're a bad team. And this is just what happens. Cycle of life and death continues. So... The Falcons are 0 and 3. When is their buy? Their buy is not for a while. How long? How much longer does Dan Quinn make it there? If they lose next week, know. is he gone? Uh, uh probably. Who do they play next week? Let me ask you that. Who do the Falcons play? They next play. Week? They play the Saints. No, they don't play the, the Packers. So it's Packers Panthers. Oh, no. Fine. So they're gonna lose to the Panthers, and then if they go and lose to the Panthers, he's for sure gone. For sure. He ha if they yeah. start 0-5, I mean, especially with how this offense has looked, 
He's a defensive head coach. Your responsibility is the defense. This Falcons offense has looked really good. They've scored moment. 25, 39, and 26. I mean, that's a good offense. They haven't been able to finish in the fourth, but, I mean, when you're giving up 38, 40, and 30, what do you expect? Hold on one second. There's a car alarm going off outside. I want to make sure it's not mine. Is that my car? I don't have my keys. The Buffalo Bills are fucking awesome. Awesome. Josh Allen, right now, I mean, we're in week three, and it feels like the MVP conversation is already coming down to two guys. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Because Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are still in the league, and they haven't played in week three yet. And whoever wins that game is going to be the odds-on favorite to be MVP. Russell Wilson people... is the odds-on favorite right now. He, he has the most is. passing touchdowns through three weeks of anybody ever. I, I'll believe it when it happens because I know it's you know MVP is a narrative award, sure. So maybe that the it's Russell's time narrative takes hold. But you're I, sorry, nobody's going to convince me that right now through three weeks that like Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are not going to be MVPs. I, I just I don't care. Sorry, it's I got I got to see more football. You think Russell Wilson, if he continued this, it would be a narrative MVP? He has the like I just said the most passing touchdowns through three weeks. Of anybody ever, they're okay. three and zero, and his defense is garbage. So, if Russell Wilson throws the most passing TDs of all time, then sure, yeah, he should win the MVP. I don't think that's going to happen. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. There will be some regression. There will be tape, yeah, and eventually things will change. Of uh, course, there's going to be some regression, but I don't think he's going to need to throw the most passing touchdowns ever to be the MVP. If he if he does seventy percent of what he's doing right now, he's going to win the MVP. No, that I don't think so. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm not saying that I don't think that like Russell Wilson shouldn't be like in that conversation in the top two three guys. Uh, and I, but I definitely don't think Josh Allen is there. No offense to Josh Allen. No, this is not Josh Allen hate. This is not Josh Allen slander. I do not think that he is an MVP level quarterback. However, he could be a Pro Bowl level quarterback this year. I don't see right why now, not. right now we're doing our top three. If the season ended today, you're putting Pat Mahomes over Josh Allen, who had a horrible week too. He, well, let's can we we gotta see at least three weeks of football. I'm okay. saying that when I mean, when I'm saying that when Pat Mahomes throws for 400 yards and when Lamar Jackson on tomorrow on Monday uh, has 100 yards in the ground and 250 yards in the air, that it's gonna be like the whole thing is gonna change. I, I'd put Lamar over Patty Mahomes right now. I'd put Alvin yeah. Kamara over Patty Mahomes right now. I mean, there's a I, few people. I think Patty Mahomes is is got a lot of ground to make up, especially on Russ. If if you want to say your top three is Russ, Lamar, then Josh Allen, sure. But Josh Allen right now is in that conversation. He's at the end of that conversation. I like Alvin Kamara more than I like Josh Allen as an MVP candidate right now because the rest of the team surrounding Josh Allen fucking rocks. They're super good everywhere on the field. Josh Allen doesn't have to do the heavy lifting that I feel like some of these other guys are doing. Russell Wilson in particular, sure, doing a lot of heavy lifting. Has the just, best 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 offense around him he's ever had, maybe. Pretty close. I'm going to give you the game log him. of Josh Allen so far. Week one, 72% completion, 312 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 57 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. Week two. 
69% completion, four touchdowns, no picks, uh, only 19 yards on the ground. Week three, 311 yards, 73% completion, four touchdowns, one pick. He has 10 touchdowns, one pick, and over 1,000 yards through three weeks. He's on the most, he has the most talent around him of almost anybody else in the NFL. Because he's got Stefan Diggs and Devin Singletary? Well, I'm talking about the defense, too. I'm talking about the defense, the coaching, the special teams, and the guys around him. I mean, the rest of those those other receivers are pretty good, too. Cole Beasley's pretty good for what he's doing. and uh, I, yeah, just, that's, it's, I mean, they they allowed 32 points to the Rams today. It's not like that defense is the best defense in the league. He's not playing with the Legion of Boom Seahawks. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm just very firm. I'm still very firm in my this is the Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes award until further notice. But we would have felt that way about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady for the last decade, and that's not how it works. I mean, it was almost how it worked. But it's not how it works. I mean, you don't – like, like even if Patty Mahomes has better numbers than Josh Allen, like by 8%, he doesn't get the MVP over him because he's already got the one, and that's just how it works. Like, it that voter fatigue sets in quick. I, I know that as a LeBron fan, you maybe have a little bit of misgivings about the way that MVP awards are doled out. But if you think that Josh Allen is going to win the MVP award, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I think Russell Wilson is going to win the MVP award. Also, also, I just think it's bananas to say he's not in the running right now because he's been the second best, second at worst, third best quarterback in football so far this season. I'm triggered. I'm absolutely triggered. You think? Sorry, he's at minimum the fourth best quarterback in the NFL this year. Right? Name three guys who have been better than him this year. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. Uh, uh, resume. I'm talking this year. Who has been better than him? You can say Lamar and you can say Russ. I would disagree with Lamar, but those are the two names you can say. Patrick Mahomes, through the two games he's played, this might change tomorrow, but through the two games he's played, has not been better than Josh Allen. I just, I don't see that. I just don't. When I watched on the field, that's just not what I see, man. I don't know what else to tell you. I can't believe that I'm the anti-Josh Allen guy on this show. That's crazy. I love Josh Allen. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see that. Disclaimer I, I, um, for everybody listening, Josh Allen's also my fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why you put that out there? But also, like, week two, Patty Mahomes had 23 points to beat the Chargers in OT. Like, Josh Allen's been better than him. It's just that simple. And Patty Mahomes is the better quarterback. I don't want to get that twisted. He's the better quarterback. But so far, Josh Allen has been the second-best quarterback. Like, at worst, that would third be best like quarterback Dirk Nowitzki winning. When he, or, uh, yeah, was it Dirk Nowitzki when he won the MVP? Or uh, Steve, Steve Nash? Nash? I don't know. That just feels like, that feels like a pretty zany MVP if somehow Josh Allen was winning. Uh, or was even involved in the conversation. I can't believe I'm the Josh Allen hater. It just blows my Dude, mind. I just think crazy. I just don't think you're giving the guy enough credit for how good he started this year. He's been I think unbelievable, that, like, including a passing week, touchdown with 15 seconds left today to win the game. I think if you took this week away, Kyler Murray has been as good as him. That's but you're not taking this week away. Well, but we have to give Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson their week three then. And also, I would disagree with you on that as well. Kyler Murray has not been better than him. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, I think so. I think he's been as good. Why? Because he put up 30 on the football team and had 286 with one touchdown and a pick? He's been a pretty unstoppable monster he, of offense. He Now, by the way, your boy Kyler Murray now has – Also, 
about that, Aaron Rodgers? No, not he's, better. You're points on the Saints right now. Yeah, well, everybody's put up 30 points on the Saints so far. Kyler Murray, by the way, just so you know, for the season now, has four touchdowns and five interceptions. So Yeah, today was bad for Kyler Murray. Uh, my, my bandwagon has taken kind of a – we're kind of like looking at the bottom of the hill and kind of going, ooh, uh, are we going a little fast for this hill maybe? We're starting to look around a little bit. We're observing we're our surroundings. We're going to revisit this every week so I can see how quickly oh. I, I become wrong because I'm sure it'll be quick. But, again, my point is up to this point in the season, he's been that good. Aaron Rodgers is my third guy for that. He's okay. taken apart three defenses. Yeah, and one of them was the now, Detroit yeah, Lions. Well, that's – I mean, that's a good point. And the other one was the Vikings, who have also allowed, like, over 30 points in every game. So, here's my, here's my question for you. Who is the third best team in the NFL? Because I, I think you and I probably both feel pretty confident, at least this, that the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams in the NFL. Yes. So who's the third best team in the NFL? Is it the Seahawks? Is it the Bills? Is it the Packers, who might be 3-0 after this, potentially? It's not uh, the Packers. Is it's... it... And the Buccaneers, who looks pretty good this week, I thought. I'm going to say that it's the Seahawks. But but if they want to keep that place, they have to add a piece at the trade deadline. They have to add a piece at the trade deadline on defense because that defense is not good enough to like be a Super Bowl contending team right now. Russell Wilson is that good. He's off to one of the greatest starts ever. But – I'm gonna say them and the Bills are like this far behind. This is gonna piss you off. I think it's the Bills. <laughs> I think the Bills are the third best team in the NFL this year. Okay. Uh, right. I just think that like from what I've seen all around, they just look so good at everything. Yeah, because uh, Devin Singletary is leading that team to the third best team in the league. That's why. Not Josh Allen, the future MVP, but Devin Singletary and fucking Stefan Diggs. 115 all purpose yards for Devin Singletary today. Wow, good for him. You want to know why? Because they're terrified of Josh Allen. I don't think terrified is the right word for how anybody feels. Aware of, I think, is probably more accurate. Yeah, right, because he's like the third best running quarterback and the fifth best passing quarterback in the league right now. So let me ask you this as a follow-up. Who's the worst team in the NFL? I tell you what, I'm really rooting for the Vikings right now. <laughs> just look like they just do not have their shit together at all. I'm gonna say the Giants. Uh, I've never, I've never understood the Daniel Jones hype. He, he kind of like in some moments looks good, and then in other moments looks like Mark Sanchez. So, uh, yeah, that was the case last year. I came into this year thinking he was going to take like some sort of step. I don't like, I think the way I described him preseason was I don't think this guy is a future franchise quarterback, but he could get off to, up to like the Jared Goff line, probably. Uh, Thank no, you. he can't. He's scored 16, 13, and nine points so far this season. I, I feel pretty comfortable staying the Giants. I think they're going to win two games, maybe. Yeah, the Giants, no Saquon, is is pretty toothless. It's uh, rough. It, it's, so, uh, no, nothing for the Jets for you? The, you don't think that the Jets are better than the Giants? Yeah, I think if they played, it'd be like 14 to 13. <laughs> like Jets. Boy, that'd, be like, that'd be like a baseball game, man. We're talking 9-6. Also, if this continues for the Jets, I know Crowder's hurt and there's not many options on offense, but... Might be time to move on from Sam Darnold. 
certainly feels like uh, 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 when David Carr got drafted by the Texans, uh, back when the Texans were like a first franchise expansion team, and David Carr got hit more than any quarterback has ever been hit ever in the history of the game. And it basically ruined his development as a quarterback, and he never – he kind of always was stuck because he couldn't get anything done, and he started seeing ghosts, as they say. Uh, I think that we are in danger of that happening to Sam Darnold. Uh, with these Jets. I, I think Sam Darnold showed a lot of flashes of being a good quarterback and has just summarily been executed by the badness of the Jets all around. Yeah, I think he's just like Johnny Manziel without addiction problems. Uh, I have no thoughts on that, that's for sure. Well, uh, I, just I, watched, I just watched my eighth Madden Classic of the day today, by the way, for a touchdown. Yeah, which just won me my other league's fantasy game where I needed – let's talk about this real quick because I in my other league, the league where I'm not with you, I'm going to talk about that first. I was down 67 points going into the Sunday night game. Kamara got me 43. Rodgers got me 24. But in the main league, I am playing you this week. Yeah. Three hours ago, it was over. <laughs> it was yeah, done. I... You had conceded, you waved the white flag, it was over. And then all of a sudden, the same guy who won me my other week, Alvin Kamara, has 37 for you right now. You are 2.16 points behind me, and there's two minutes left. You're going to need a touchdown, though, because I got Butker going tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, I had a tough week. I have a good team in our league, but uh, tough week this week. We're going to regroup. We're going to take a look around us, survey the field, and – you know, come back stronger next week. You know, we're going to make we're the, the same, adjustments. We're in the same division, and if I want to beat you, I'm going to need another either one wide receiver or one running back. That's all I'm missing. But if I want to get to the top of this league, I'm missing one of those two things. And um, I got to trade. I got to find somebody who's going to buy high on Odell. There's which one of your friends is dumb? Uh, I'm not answering that because I'm trying <laughs> to trade with my friends that are dumb. <laughs> Um, the Browns, 69 points in the last two weeks. Nice. Uh, running uh, Browns, based offense looks scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the two-headed monster of Hunt and Chubb that can do literally everything coming out of the backfield. Both of them can catch the ball. Both of them can break off a 40-yard rush. Yeah. Both of them can score in the red zone. Both of them can get, you know, bust through on a fourth and one. They can do everything. They've taken a lot of the pressure off of Baker. Um, who, I mean, I don't even know if he cracked 200 yards today, and they had... He's uh, been game-managing pretty big. It's worked for him, though. Oh, yeah, it worked big time. I mean, they had 34 points. He had 156 yards through the air, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, so whatever, the system they're running is working. Yeah, now, of course, they beat the football team this week and the Bengals last week. But are you ready to buy in, like, a little bit? Uh, no, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there yet with the Browns. I want to see him beat the Steelers. That's what I would like to see. All right, they got the Cowboys next week. How about that? Yeah, I think if they beat the Cowboys. Are the Cowboys good? Do we know for sure? No, Dak looks like he's worth the money, though, maybe, which I never thought I I'd hear myself say. Um, but, like, you got to remember, that, that offensive line is not what it used to be. That defense is trash, as they have now allowed – 77 points in the last two weeks. Uh, but the bad. offense looks really good. So I'm going to say they're good, but it's like the Cowboys of the last decade good. Eight and eight, nine and seven good. It's not like 11 and five good. 
much the way that the Lions are magically able to lose any football game at any time, the Cowboys at any given season are capable of going seven to nine, eight and eight, nine, seven. It's truly, it's truly a mathematical anomaly. All right, I'm gonna let you talk about this next one because I don't want to talk about it because I'm annoyed about it. Uh, the Steelers are three and zero. Like, like I know they beat the Giants, the Broncos, and the Texans. So don't get too excited. Sure. But how good are they? Uh, good to pretty good. I don't know if I think they're great. I think they'll probably end up being a playoff team. Uh, they strike me so far as a pretty clear frisky first round exit team. Uh, but. Wouldn't it be great if they like drew the Patriots in week one and could win for the first time in however many years? That would be interesting. I could see that happening. Yeah, this schedule is a fucking cakewalk. Yeah. Titans, Eagles, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys. So there's a little rough patch there. But then Bengals, Jags, Ravens, Washington, Bills. Oh, I guess not as easy as I thought. Ravens, Washington, Bills, Bengals, Colts, Browns. So it's a lot of like mid-level teams and then throw in the Ravens. Um, yeah. I'm going to say I'm gonna say eight and eight. I think they go five and eight the rest of the year. That's okay. Well, I'm going to say that they go eight and five the rest of the year. How about that? So they're an 11 win team. That doesn't sound like a first round. Uh, let's do a 10. Let's say they win 10 games. Yeah. Oh no. Kamara just had like probably 20 yards to rip off on a screen and just dropped it. That's unfortunate. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, Sucks. The 49ers missing their one first, third, fourth, and fifth D end, their quarterback, their top <laughs> running back, their top wide receiver, and the rest of the team and all of their parents as well because they weren't able to fill in this week, won 36-9 over the Giants. Now, I think this says more about the Giants than it does about the Niners. I disagree. But, like, how the fuck did they win 36-9 this week? This is what's so infuriating about Patricia and the Lions is that you know what good – you see it sometimes. There are these, like, weird flashes where, like, the way the Belichick Patriots have been this year with the way that they've changed their team, the way they used Rex Burkhead as their most important offensive player today, or the way, like, how – like, the 49ers can score 37 points missing most of their first-team defense. And it doesn't seem to matter to good organizations with good coaches – so I, I don't really know what to tell you about that game. It pissed me off uh, because, like, the Lions can't buy a win, but the 49ers just, like, seem to walk into these wins with nobody on the field. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I don't really have much to add because, like, that that's exactly what it is. It's just, like, a good organization, which, like, five years ago, they looked like they were finally going down the path of being a bad organization at the end of the Harbaugh era, bringing Jim Tom Sula, who was garbage. But then they quickly just were like, nope, we're the Niners. We're always good. Um, and, I mean, even with basically practice squad players all over the field, they, they put up 36 points. Nick Mullins was their starting quarterback today. Jarek McKinnon is their featured back. Jarek McKinnon hasn't played in two years. Like, Jarek McKinnon's in that like Jordan Reed class where it's like, when that dude's healthy, boy, is he good. But, I mean, he might trip over something tomorrow and be out for the year. Uh, I just think, I think that the gap between Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not that wide. That might be uh, it. Man. I mean, Nick Mullins threw for like 350 today. And he does that every time he comes in. He plays pretty well. Uh, if I'm Nick Mullins, I'm like the 33rd best quarterback in the NFL, you know? Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow. How about that guy? 
I really like Joe Burrow, man. I know that they're not winning football games, really, but I don't care. That is not his fault. That offensive line couldn't block a praying mantis. Like it, like dude, that offensive line. Don't fuck with praying mantises. Just a disclaimer: they will, they can kill humans. Okay, start. Keep going. Explain to me how praying mantis can kill a human, please. Right now, I'm not moving there, forward until we oh do that. Oh God, you're gonna make me Google this praying mantis. Yeah, I used back. to keep praying mantises in cages inside my home. You're telling me they could have broke out and like grabbed a knife from my kitchen cupboard and slit my throat? They are able to like lift 500 times their body weight or something. Cool. Uh, so they can lift six ounces. <laughs> Uh, you're, gonna make, you're gonna make me be the bug person, the bug guy on the you, show. You brought up the bug. I mean, I brought up the bug thing, but you brought up the real bug thing. I'm gonna hold on. I'm just gonna Google praying mantis murder and see what happens. I if anybody has ever been killed by a praying mantis, they deserved it. Uh, just a bunch of stuff about praying mantises killing murder hornets. That's kind of interesting. Oh, good for them! Look at them, our saviors and protectors. Maybe anyway, let's move, Anyways, move past. Yeah, it. all right. I'm ready to move on. I guess. Um, although I will be researching that later. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, that offensive line can't stop anything. Mixon can't get going because of that. Joe Burrow is getting smoked every time he drops back. There was one play today where he had to leave the game for a play or two because he got hit so hard up top and down low. Um, but even through that, 31 of 44, 312 yards, two touchdowns today. He has one pick on the season. He, dude, he just looks like, like, can I say something pretty damn bold here? Sure. He looks like Peyton Manning with a little bit less arm strength. Wow. Peyton Manning was pretty bad as rookie year. It was different football. Your rookie was going to throw 15 picks. Peyton Manning yeah. threw 19, but like he was still like, everybody knew that he was going to be one of the greats, like from the time he was in college on. Um, but like, that's what he, I mean, the arm strength is there. It's just not like prime Peyton Manning where you can just chuck it down the field, but that's who he reminds me of, man. The presence in the pocket, he's not scared of anything. He senses the moment. I mean, I know they didn't pull off the win in overtime today. They got the tie, but like, dude, the dude does it all. He can run a little bit, especially in the red zone. He's a really confident runner in the red zone. To me, Joe Burrow is 5% more Baker Mayfield which is a pretty fucking good player. Can we give him a little bit more than 5% more? Baker Mayfield threw like 20 interceptions last year. I think, well, okay. I think Baker Mayfield's really good. Uh, So 5% more of that to me is like an all-star. He does like a lot of the same things, right? He throws sick ropes. He's confident. He'll run the ball. He doesn't care. All that stuff. He does all of those same things. We're also 19 games into Baker Mayfield not being that great with a really good offensive supporting cast. I think he's been pretty good this year. I think he's been decent. I think he's been decent, but I think Joe Burrow can be great, and that is more than five percent so. more than decent. Um, but I think we're kind. Of, I think we're pretty much on the same page there. Where he's he's going to be really good. Is he um, Matt Stafford? He's better, than but that. better. He will be. He'll be better. Uh, no, I don't think he's got the zip or the gunslingerness that Stafford has. I mean, he's got a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a different style. I think it's a more calm style, more methodical approach. Um, and I think he's going to be in the top five quarterbacks in the NFL sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, it really feels like a big quarterback renaissance is happening right now in the NFL. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, like cool. there's going to be a year coming up here where nobody's looking for a quarterback. <laughs> like, I mean, there will of course always be teams, but there's going to be years where it's like not very many teams because there's so many good quarterbacks. Did you see Jordan Love didn't dress today? I didn't. That's boy concerning. I mean, I guess like who cares? But uh, I what? mean, if, you, if you've heard what they're saying about him through training camp, it's that he can't hit a standing a target that's just sitting there. Like he can't. He can't do it. Yeah. Um, I think the more concerning thing is that AJ Dillon didn't have a single carry all day. So that's two. Your oh, first no. two picks absolutely flushed down the toilet and wasted when a team that needs wide receiver help had two separate opportunities to get a wide receiver that with Aaron Rodgers could have helped you immediately. It's and It looks like this is going to be an all-time legendary class of receivers as well. Like not just the top end, but the depth at receiver. Uh, T. Higgins, because we were on the Bengals, caught a touchdown today, and it looks like both him and Tyler Boyd have kind of vaulted over past A.J. Green on that on that receiver core, LaVisca Chenault's had moments with the Jaguars and like those weren't, those were like CD lamb at a hundred yards last guys. week. Yeah. Jerry Judy's been good. I mean, yeah, just, Jerry Judy's the guy I feel bad for. Even he went five for 55 today, but he's, he's got Jeff Driscoll and uh, what's his name? Bryce Ripon, I think came in for Driscoll at some point today. Uh, but just like, I feel bad for Jerry Judy. Cause I think him and drew lock could have really, by the end of the year, been something awesome. And he's well, going to just struggle with these guys throwing him the ball right now. But even then, 5 for 55 today, like week three yeah. of his rookie season. He's going to be awesome. I feel pretty good about a lot of those receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman's had some decent moments. I mean, it just all of them seem to have hit. Even like Quintez Cephas in the Lions, I think, has been kind of interesting. A little full, yeah. Just interesting, you know, nothing, uh, just something we're seeing. I don't think we're going to see a lot of – I know we're going back to the Lions here, but I don't think we're going to see as much Danny Amendola the rest of the year. That's what I think is going to happen. I More think Danny Amendola's been creating separation. I just don't think Stafford's been hitting him, which yeah, is I weird because last year he was money to Amendola. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think they'll, like, cut him out of the rotation yet or even really drop what he's been doing so far. But if this continues for a few more weeks, you're right. There's obviously a chemistry issue there. So. Yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers, 28-10 to 10 today over the Broncos. Tom Brady had, like, the ultimate Tom Brady game, just, like, got the lead and then wasn't going to throw for 500 yards, but he's going to throw for 300 at, like, a 70% completion rate. And he did that. He just controlled the game. He's, like, you don't want to call him a game manager because game manager is always taken negatively, but he's just the best game manager to have ever lived. And that would, I mean, he's the best quarterback who's ever lived, but he is a game manager at the very basis of what he does. He just does it way, way better than anybody else ever has. He's got a lot of talent around him, and I think that helps too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't 2008 Brady. This isn't 2015 Brady. This guy is, is not quite as good as that, but he's still like, he just knows football better than everybody else on the field every time. Even Gronk got involved today. Gronk was six grabs, 48 yards. Yeah, we'll see. I'm still still a little, still not quite seeing it with Gronk. No, I mean, I'm not going to add Gronk to my fantasy team, but do I think Gronk can make some big plays for that Buccaneers team? Yeah. You want to talk basketball? Yeah, let's move into some basketball. I'm good with football. Uh, yeah, I'm good with football. LeBron. LeBron. LeBron, 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 the king 
of the NBA. He's on to his 10th finals, his ninth finals in 10 years with another absolutely dominant for performance. 38 points, 16 boards, 10 assists, four straight jump shots to end the game in the fourth quarter last night. Five games, five games, five games. It's not Moses Malone, fo fo fo, but it's five, 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 that's for sure. Easy money through the West. Oh, he can't get through the West. Guess what? It took him 15 games. Nobody got the easy path. Guess what? The Clippers choked. The Rockets weren't ready for him. Golden State had broken hands and torn ACLs all year. That's not his fault. The Nuggets, they came back 3-1 against two really good teams. What did he do? See ya five games later. I don't need you. Oh, but he doesn't have to play the Bucks now. Yeah, because the Heat wiped the floor with the Bucks. Wiped the floor with them. Took them out easy. No problem. I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with the reasons as to why this isn't as important. No, oh, he had three months off. So did everybody else. So did every other player in the league. This is the greatest basketball player who has ever lived. He's going to go win his fourth ring. He's going to hold all four of them up all pretty for you. He's not going to let Anthony Davis get that finals MVP. They're going to go up 3-1, and he's going to have a game where he scores 45. But this has just been unbelievable to see. He's 35. He's in year 17. And you want to know what he did in the fourth quarter last night? He said, you guys don't think I'm the best player in the world? Are you fucking crazy? Let me drop 16 and wrap this shit up real quick. And he did it. Before the game, he told Chris Haynes, they're, they're done. I'm taking them out tonight. He did it. He did it. No problem. It was easy money for the king. Easy money. Tenth final. Fourth ring's about to be on his finger. The Heat are going to be there waiting for him. And, boy, if I know one thing about LeBron, he can't wait to kick the ass of the team Pat Riley built. Let's move into the Eastern Conference. I don't have anything to add to that. Okay, but uh, before we do that, shout to the Nuggets. The Nuggets had an amazing playoff run. Yes, like, they did. Oh, I have a would you rather about the Nuggets. I have, I have okay. a, a thing for the Nuggets later, don't worry. All right. Like, Jamal Murray, 45% from three, 50-something percent from the field, 30 points a game. Jokic became a top seven player in the league at worst during this postseason. You, you now have to look at this team and say, are they the future? We both believe they're one piece away. But, if I mean, these guys are 25 years old. They're 25. There could be a decade where this team is in it every single year. So, like, shout out to the Nuggets because this playoff run was one of the most enjoyable playoff runs I've got to watch ever. We're going to spend more time there because I have a question that's about all of that coming up for okay. you later when we do Would You Rathers. So let's go to the Eastern Conference where the Heat won game six. Uh, you kind of seem – you said that uh, you kind of felt like the you thought the Celtics were going to kind of win that game. And I didn't – from what I watched, and full disclosure, I watched the first half, and then I was like – combo watching football and then also like on mute and then i had big brother going because we do the uh, uh big brother bonus bots weekly on the podcast side if you've never listened to them uh and then kind of had like the box the updated box score happening on my other monitor and i did where did the celtics even lead in that game yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that game was back and forth for most of the first three quarters, especially in the third, and then most of the fourth quarter as well. Like the Celtics were right there, and then the the Heat did what the Heat have done in this entire series, which is the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, they picked them apart. The yeah. Celtics wanted to do this 
the thing LeBron and Kyrie did in 2016, where it's your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. The talent level isn't there for that, especially when you're going against the team that plays better team basketball than any other team in the NBA. You have to like react to what's happening on the court. It's not just, can I go get a bucket? And it did him in again in the fourth quarter. And the Heat ended up winning this thing by 12. I'm pretty sure it was tied with like five and a half minutes left. Yeah, it was. It was tied. But I never saw I never saw at any point the Celtics up in a box score. Now I missed a pretty good chunk of the third quarter, but I didn't I definitely didn't see it in the first half. Because it was like the Heat kind of it seemed like I thought that the Celtics were gonna linger and then pull it out at the end. Because it was like, ah, the heater up eight, ah, big bucket for the Celtics, heater up ten. Nope, here come the Celtics, six points. So uh, but that's you know what you said is exactly what happened. Instead of instead of the Celtics lingering and coming back, the Heat were hot and uh, pulled away in the last five minutes because I they just something about that team, they're just a different team, I think. They're just more I don't want I don't want to do the like they wanted it more. They're more competitive, but it I think of, you can. I think you can do that. That way, yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, like maybe Brad Stevens isn't as great of a coach as we thought because they were completely outcoached. I'm not saying he's a bad head coach, but he's not a top three NBA head coach. I'd rather have Pop. I'd rather have Nurse. I'd rather have yeah. all day. Okay. Um, so maybe I might rather have Mike Malone right now. No, I would not. I would not rather have Mike Malone right now. What what has told you that other than people loving Brad Stevens? This team doesn't play like organized basketball. They play let's go get a bucket ball. They well, I mean, okay, I think that's a fair criticism that the offense didn't really have a whole lot of creativity to it, but I don't think that I think that like outside of Jason Tatum they have a whole ton of like super dynamic top 20 NBA players. Like Kemba's good, but I think he has like a serious long-term health problem with his knee. It seems like, and it's kind of been off and on. Uh, I think that like a lot of those Celtics guys are like the core of the team is still pretty young. I think that their starting center is Dan Tice, who or is it Daniel underrated. Tice? Daniel Tice, underrated. Okay, but, but also like, your point, yes. <laughs> if you put if you put uh, the guy that the Rockets, I can't remember. My brain's so fried on basketball. Yeah, if the if the Celtics have Clint Capella, even I think that that's a team that makes the finals. I, I I just think that he's doing a lot with a little, and he's done it a few times now. And I think he just kind of got a little unlucky going up against this specific Heat team, which are kind of tailor made for this basketball situation that we're in. You know, Marcus Smart, like all those guys are are guys who are playing their best basketball here, and we've seen players leave the Celtics and not be good. Avery Bradley is the big obvious example to me. Uh, Gordon Hayward has been really injured. They got a lot of money in on that guy. Uh, I don't think that that's Brad Stevens' fault. I think he's done it's, a great job. But then don't play him 32 minutes where he's shooting 35% from the field. Like, that's a coach's decision. They, he wanted Gordon Hayward to be the key so bad to unlocking it that he just kept playing him, and he kept getting burned on defense. He kept missing yeah. shots. I mean, th- my biggest takeaway from the series outside of Brad Stevens is, like, I am out on Jason Tatum being, like, the third next guy you'd start a franchise with after, like, Luka and Zion or, or Luka and Giannis. Uh, like, I'm out on that. I don't think – I don't know if he's in my top five. Like, Zion, Jokic, Luka, Jan- like, those guys are all above him. Shot 10 for 26, 9 for 26 today. 26.4% from three for the series. 
42% from the field against the Raptors. Like he, like the efficiency yeah. isn't there. He's got this hero ball style of play that frankly, he's just not good enough to have yet. I think, I think if you're a title team, Jason Tatum is probably a slightly overqualified second guy more than like a, a fringe first guy. I think that's yeah. what we know about him at this point, which oh. isn't an insult. I don't think to be a, that he's probably like the 22nd or 23rd maybe best player in the NBA somewhere right around there. Yeah, But he's not, he's not the next guy. He's not the guy, you know. But also, I mean, the starting lineup is filled with talent. You have, like, potential all-defense all Marcus Smart. You have potential future all-star Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum, and you got Kemba Walker. Like, that starting five is better than the Heat's starting five every day of the week, especially with the way Duncan Robinson has been playing in these playoffs where he can't get a shot up. Well, As wait a minute. He had some good shots tonight. Tonight he played well. Tonight was the first time he's pretty much played well in this in the entire playoffs. He went five for seven from three tonight. But even with that, he I shot. Will not say things about I mean, Robinson. two for you know I love Duncan Robinson. He had a yeah. game where he's two for seven from three, zero oh for four, three for eleven. Against the Bucks, he shot twenty seven percent from three. Against, I mean, he was all right. He was good against the Pacers in one game. He went seven for eight. But other than that, he was below fifty percent. A two for eight and a one for seven game from three. Um, so, like, I don't think this was a huge talent discrepancy or anything like that. I think, I think Stevens got out coached. Spo has this team firing on all cylinders, and I agree that something is wrong with the Celtics roster. I agree that there's something needs to change. They've had a lot of options to kind of trade potentially either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for some for some more like marquee guys like Anthony Davis and maybe maybe this is the offseason where can you unload Gordon Hayward in a first round pick for like a I don't even know like a Paul George level player you know something gets get something good to go with them somebody who I think plays more of a position of need for them than what Gordon Hayward does uh, but it's tough to say so NBA Finals preview. It's the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Andrew, how many games do you think the Lakers are going to win in? Five. Six for me. I respect five, the Heat. Five, 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 five. Ooh, four fives? Yeah. I, four fives make sure all your kids don't grow? Sure. Um, Sorry. I, <laughs> Yikes. I, I can't lie to you. The Heat do scare me a little bit. It's a good matchup. Um, but – they haven't the depth hasn't been what it was the first two rounds in that Celtic series. And really honestly, even even in the second round, it wasn't as great. They just kind of beat the shit out of the Bucks anyways. Um Jay Crowder has regressed back to Jay Crowder. Uh Drogic yeah. isn't like this he isn't what he was on the Suns in 2010 anymore. Like he was that for a little bit. Uh Jimmy Butler is not shooting 40% from three. Bam out of bio is be is amazing. Amazing, amazing, but the difference in the Celtic series, in my opinion. But he's going up against the one guy who's going to make him look like a baby sometimes, and that's Anthony Davis. Um, that mixed with the fact that, like, you can stick Jimmy Butler on LeBron, but it's not going to matter, it's just not. Uh, you can stick Andre Iguodala on him, but he's 90. You can try all these different looks, but it's just not going to be quite enough. Um, I think most of these five games will be close. I hope you're right. I hope it does go six. That'll be more exciting. Um, but after hearing LeBron in the post game last night and just like how zeroed in that guy is on I had, we've seen him before win a conference finals and like cry and like be ecstatic about it. 
especially yeah. when he had to run into Golden State after that. But like now he knows this doesn't mean anything if I don't get a ring. Yeah. I have to get this ring. He's going to be as locked in as we've ever seen. I think he wants to like – I think he knows it might be his last opportunity to really just like pound the other team into the dirt, go get a ring and say I'm the best player in the world. There's no discussion. Um, so I think he, I think for the first time in a while, he feels like he has something to prove. And I just think that'll, that'll carry the Lakers through this series. The Heat are a good matchup for the Lakers or, uh, the, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they've got the right bodies kind of to throw on them. Bam versus Anthony Davis is going to be cool. Uh, I think you'll probably see both Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala guarding LeBron. Uh, but the rest of the Lakers are like not good. They're just not that good uh and it probably won't matter because of how good lebron and anthony davis are but if you're the the win condition for me with the heat is we're just we're gonna force kyle kuzma to score 28 points a game okay one i love that we're disagreeing on everything tonight because we normally don't disagree on everything two that's impossible like you, sure. you can't. Right. There's yes. no game plan to, to like say Kyle Kuzma's got to score because LeBron and AD will just go get buckets. Right. Um, you sell out to guard them is what I'm saying, and you just leave Kyle Kuzma open. Also, I think the argument you had about the rest of the Lakers not being that good has been put to shame throughout these playoffs. Like that was the argument everybody used as to why they weren't going to get to the finals. Rondo and Markeith Morris and KCP. KCP has been awesome. Playoff Rondo is here still awesome, and the only thing is going to get better in the finals. Uh, Markeith Morris is shooting like over 40% from three. At one point, he hit nine out of 10. Uh, Danny Green shows up for the NBA finals. He was horrible in the conference finals. He will be there for the, for the NBA finals. I mean, he's got two rings, and he was a big part in winning both of those. Not to mention the effort we saw from him in game five on the defensive end, even when he couldn't get his shot to fall. That's huge. Alex Caruso is a damn good player. Like, as much as it's hard to believe, Alex Caruso is a damn good player, especially when he's on the floor with LeBron. This Lakers depth, it might not be the best talent in the league, but it works together in a very strange, non-modern way. But it works together, and it works together well, especially in a playoff setting where it's just like, Put your head down and get it done. Very similar to the Heat, how they've gone about it. The Lakers have gone about it in a similar way. We might not be like this perfectly built, modern, shoot the threes, do that team, but we're perfectly built for the pieces we have to work together, especially with these two monsters we have in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, I think that having the number two and probably number four best players in the NBA are a uh, definitely cover up a lot of mistakes. I mean, but I don't think Kuzma's been particularly good in the playoffs. Uh, I, 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 Alex Caruso is like good. I think specifically with LeBron, he's got big like so little brother. Mean. Yeah, good big brother, little brother, where they're just like, "What do you want to do, LeBron? Okay, here you go." Like, and and he's fine doing that, and so he'll get paid. But uh, I, I, I think that if you're, I think that if you're. If you're willing to do something extreme and leave players potentially open in the Lakers, it might be interesting. I they've think they're going to win that. a couple games. They've, they've, I mean, they've tried. They've, you think? I mean, this is every LeBron team dating back to sure. the, the second year of the Cavs. Like, there's going to be five guys in that rotation who you're like, ah, we can just leave them open. 
And then you realize that these are NBA players, and if you double LeBron, he's going to find them. And yeah. like they're going to make shots. They're going to make shots. We'll see. I, it might not be at a 45% clip, but they're going to make shots. Um, and again, the Lakers have proved this all through the playoffs. Every time somebody doubts the Lakers, it's for that reason. And then the players show up. I think this is the best team the 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 Lakers have played in the playoffs so far. So that's the um, other reason, too. That's why I think it goes six. I think the Nuggets have been better than the Heat. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I think that about the Nuggets. I'm I not mean, the sure. Heat got the Bucks on their resume. The Nuggets got the, the Clippers on their resume. But the Nuggets also had their two best players as hot as they've ever been, which was the case for the Heat in rounds one and two. And looks like it's no longer the case with Jimmy Butler, at least. Bam is probably still as hot as he's ever I still been. think Jimmy Butler was just just really kicks ass. He, he's doing a lot yeah. of the ball handling. He's he's getting in the basket still. I still see a lot of stuff I really like from Jimmy Butler, even if his three-point shooting has cooled off a little bit. Yeah, I'm also really disappointed with your Kyle Kuzma take because although he's not putting up 18 a game in the playoffs – He's he's like literally filling his role perfectly. Cutting he's playing when he good needs defense. to cut. His yeah. defense is dramatically improved. Uh, he's he needs to become a better jump shooter, but he's made them when he's needed to make them. Um, so I, I I understand Heat and Six because there is a little bit of fear in my heart from the Heat, uh, but I still think LeBron is so locked in that it's only going five. I just think that there will be a game where Spolster has some weird like up his sleeve that he he pulls out. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what I think. You don't that think is. the savant LeBron James knows what Eric Spolster has coached for four years has up his sleeve? I think that equally true that the savant Eric Spolstra might know kind of what LeBron wants to do in an NBA Finals. I think Eric that Spolstra's cuts not plays. on the court. Yeah, but then but, you're saying Eric Spolstra is as valuable in that scenario as LeBron James, and it's just not the case. That's a good point. So, uh, but, but Spolstra as a coach is obviously we're not very far apart in this yeah, discussion. We're, game we're pretty much yeah. So uh, I got Lakers five. You got Lakers six. This just it's, purely which means respect. it's going six because I <laughs> literally like even when I pick the Heat to win, I pick them in seven. They're like, nah, we're gonna do it in six. Like it. it that Heat team does whatever it can to just spoil any predictions I have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I've gotten anything right in these NBA playoffs after last year going, like, almost perfect. So I'm in their good graces, too. I got that good been, karma. It's been rough. Um, let's move on to would you, or would you Rather. Sports. Would You Rather, a section that we definitely made up and nobody has ever done before us. Nope, that's us. You want to so, start? You want me to start? I'm going to start because we're kind of already there. Uh, would you rather have the Celtics roster or the Nuggets roster after this season? At this the, moment in time. The Nuggets. No, no. Yeah, the Nuggets. No, think, the Celtics. Final answer, the Celtics. Okay, I'm going with the Nuggets. Okay, I think the top-end talent on the Nuggets I would rather have – but I think I can get a star to Boston easier to go with the roster and pieces they already have. Ooh, uh, I think that the tough thing about the Celtics roster is you have to find a way to get rid of Gordon Hayward to bring a star in. So you're probably looking at some sort of three-team deal, in my opinion, to get Gordon Hayward off of your roster. Uh, yeah, first-round pick to a bad team. Here you go. Fine. Sure. So then that team also has to have somebody that's better than Gordon Hayward to give up. So I, I just don't think that they're like fishing holes. There aren't that many of them. Whereas I think the Nuggets are going to have a little cap space. I don't think they were a luxury tax this team. I got to check luxury tax team this year. I have to check. But 
and I think that they're they're not going to be paying twenty million or whatever for Paul Millsap this after the season. Uh, I think that they've got no, some but the extension for Murray kicks in. Yeah, but I mean that's all NBA teams. You know, if you're if you're an elite NBA team, you're paying two contracts like that. But yeah, have no, I get that, but add. I just don't think they're going to have – I think they might have like eight or nine. I mean, even Gary Harris is getting paid in the double digits. I I think that they're going to move on from Gary Harris. Uh, I have been well, Gary Harris's biggest fan, Michigan State's own Gary Harris, uh, but wrong. now I think is the time to sell. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's a really mo- easily movable contract and also yeah. a valuable asset that you could use to get another top player. All right, I got one for you. Yeah. Would you rather have for the next five years Embiid and Harden or Simmons and Harden? Uh, Embiid and Harden. I don't even have to think about that. You're the only person I've got that answer from so far. Whatever, dude. James Harden forever. Yeah, Embiid and Harden or Simmons and Harden. You get Harden in either scenario. Uh, Okay, I'm still going to stick with that, though. I think Embiid Harden is really cool. I think that that would be... A really, really, really cool, fun, dynamic, impossible to guard duo. Impossible. Yeah, I think Simmons and Harden though is just like better Russ and Harden. Like it's still a one and a two at its core, even though Simmons would probably play the four in that lineup. Um, but you got two guys who can really handle the ball, two good decision makers. You no longer need Simmons to develop a really good jump shot, although you still want it. Um, and you no longer need Simmons to be like the guy who you trust with your offense because that's something he seems nervous of or at least weary of. Uh, so I'd go Simmons and Harden. I also think the window is longer with those two. I think that you're making the wrong argument against uh, Embiid and Harden, which is that do you really want to unleash Joel Embiid and James Harden off the court together? Yeah, I'm not. I, I, Harden, Harden, like, people get mad because he goes out after he loses. You want to know what I do when I have a rough day? I have a little glass of whiskey. Like, it's not, you yeah, know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. there's, he's not a perfect human being. All right, what you got? You're next. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you down a little bit here. Would you rather James Dolan buy the team for four years or Matt Patricia coaches the team for four more years? Fuck. Uh, um, I'd rather Matt Patricia coach the team for four years. Yeah, me too. Wait, so James Dolan only owns the team for four years? He owns the team and is making the decisions. For four years only? Four years only. Give me Dolan. Oh, The Pistons aren't going to be good in four years. Give me Dolan. The Lions? Oh, he's buying the Lions? Yeah, he's buying the Lions. Yeah, give me Dolan, man. I don't care. Like, your own, like owners, what, is he going to be worse than the Fords? Probably not. So, like, I think give he me might Dolan. be a little bit worse than the Fords. Yeah, I mean, maybe. At least he'd care. So I'll take, <laughs> I'll take sure. four years of Dolan and then <laughs> a lot sell of really the bad Gilbert. smooth jazz on Ford Field. Uh, you're up. What you got? All right, this one's pretty basic, but I think it's just an interesting sports question. Would you rather hit a walk-off tank? Or a buzzer beater three? Buzzer beater three. And the reason why, there's only one reason why. And it's because it's more fun to celebrate in basketball than baseball. Because I have to, like, do it. I have to, like, still run around all the bases. And if I, like, celebrate too much, all the baseball people are going to be like, you should be more respectful about the game. (laughs) And then I'm going to jump in a home plate and all my teammates are going to go, yay. And then we're all going to be done. In basketball, you, the whole world explodes when you hit a buzzer beater, and that's way more fun. Have you ever seen Prince Fielder after he hit a walk-off? 
Sure. Yeah. I, uh, am I Prince Fielder? Am I that beloved? <laughs> when Prince Fielder hit a walk-off, he would jump into the middle of home plate, and all his teammates would fall like there was a giant earthquake. And I'm and... sure that every bas- baseball radio show had a problem with that. No, see, walk-offs, it's weird. Walk-offs are the one thing you're That's allowed so to just lose stupid. your mind. <laughs> you're allowed to lose your mind when you hit a walk-off. Like, you can do whatever you want. You can fist pump uh, around the bases. You could run backwards if you want. Actually, that would probably cross the line. But I actually agree. I'd rather hit a buzzer beater three. I just think it's a little bit more exciting. Although, baseball, like, a walk-off home run is pretty fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. In basketball, you can run to the center of the court and penguin slide across the logo, and all your teammates will jump on top of you. And everybody in the arena is so much closer to you, and just like situationally, like the way that it is, and the number of people on a baseball jump up on a scorer's table. Yeah, there's so much, so many more fun things you can do without having to deal with like the first take segments about how you don't respect the game that you've played your whole life. You're right. You're the athletic director of a college program. Would you hire? Matt Patricia or Jim Harbaugh. Let me give you some additional, some additional framing for this question. I think that you're Vanderbilt. So you're in the sec, but you're not a good team and you need to make a splash. You need to take a gamble to kind of revamp your program. Do you hire Matt Patricia or Jim Harbaugh? Okay. I'm going to get killed for this. Ah, yeah, Uh, you are. Okay. I like, I almost feel like, 97% 97% of people's answer is Jim Harbaugh because Jim yeah. Harbaugh is the better football coach than Matt Patricia. But this is funny because I actually thought about this yesterday. Okay. Like, what if Matt Patricia took over a college program? One, he gets to recruit for his scheme out of thousands of players, okay? He can pick anybody in the country, and those are the guys he gets in. Two, I think the scheme just works a little bit better in college. I think you – are going to have less of a speed gap. I think you you can recruit some big, powerful guys on defense. You're expecting your defense to be slower in college, where in the NFL your defense has to be almost as quick, if not quicker, than the offense. Um, so I'm going to go Matt Patricia. I actually think he'd be a really good college coach, which is, is why I, I can't believe I said that. But I really I think he'd be a good college coach. All right. Would you rather five rings – one all-star appearance and $50 million in career earnings or one ring, 10 all-star appearances and $200 million in career earnings. Uh, 50 million for me. I mean, if we're just talking like, what is that? Just contract money. Yeah. The, then, period. Yeah. Period. We're not going to okay. be like, well, I'll get endorsements on the side. That's well, cheap. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to buy a car dealership. I'm going to earn all my money through a laundromat and double my money. Uh, 50 million for me. Maybe, maybe this is like just some, some extreme youth, but the difference between 50 million and 200 million is whatever. I'd rather be a winner. Yeah. Okay. I got two things on this one. Nobody cares about the one time all-star who won five rings. That guy's Danny green. Okay. Okay. Two. I want $200 million, 10 all-star appearances. And if I get a ring on the way, very nice. Like I'm a team player, I think. Right. But Fuck that. Give me $200 million. That's that's me. That's my kids. That's my kids' kids. And that's my kids' okay. kids' kids' kids. Like, we're good there. All right. Last but not least, would you rather the Pistons make a pick or seven or trade their pick? You got – is it trade for two? Is it trade down? Is it – You're If you're trading, uh, it's whatever you want. I'm not going to point you in a direction. 
I would rather have all three of Boston's picks. So it's like 14, 20-something, and 20-something than seven. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because Why? I think this draft is pretty deep mid-first to end of first, and I think it's obviously not deep at all at the top part of the first round. So I'll take the three first-round picks. I'll hope to hit on one over the hope that I hit on one for one. I'm coming around on Tyrese Halliburton at seven. And what uh, it, oh, well, I'm t- I mean, if he if Killian's gone, sure. But if Killian's there, I need Killian. Yeah, if Killian's there at seven, I want Killian. Otherwise, I want Tyrese Halliburton. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I would like the Pistons to pick. I would not like them to trade. I don't trust trading down for three picks in the mid to high teens to lower 20s. The As we've seen from the Celtics, that's a pretty tough spot to draft in. Uh, they've missed a bunch of those. So I'm sure they'd be eager to move up. And if I'll say this too, if that happened, I probably wouldn't hate the trade, but I would rather pick at seven and take Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, by the way, I'd get those three picks, and then I'd take Luke Kennard in twenty six and trade it for ten, and then I got like ten, fourteen, and twenty four. Okay, that I like that. That would be cool. It'll never happen, but it would be great if it did. All right, and then I got one last one for you. Okay. Would you rather Mitch Trubisky or Dwayne Haskins? Dwayne Haskins. Really? I think I'm Mitch. Yeah. That's I, a weird role reversal. There's a – yeah, this is a weird – we're like the shadow version of ourselves today. Uh, I think Dwayne Haskins seems like there might be some room to grow. I know he's like really young, even for a quarterback. The Washington fans are kind of like maybe talking themselves into it. Maybe they're just desperate. Uh, I'd like to see Dwayne Haskins, I think, before Mitch Trubisky. I'm I I feel like I've been hurt too many times by Mitch Trubisky. Talk about a bad boyfriend. Mitch Trubisky keeps bringing me flowers, and I keep accepting them. And uh, I'm done. You know, I've deleted his phone number, uh, and I told him not to call me. So you're done with a three and O team, but the one and two team that's won ten games in the last three years. You're like, ah, keep bringing me flowers. Keep bringing me flowers. Dwayne Haskins hasn't really hurt me yet. If anything, he's consistently been like the bum boyfriend who kind of over time you save. And I, I think I'd be more willing to try that at this point than Mitch Trubisky. Just All want to try right, something well, new, you know, date a different kind of guy to guy. Yeah, Parker is just really hoping the relationship with Dwayne Haskins works, I guess. So, all right, I'm done with the show. We're done for the night. Uh, you got any final thoughts or anything, or can I wrap this thing up? I don't know. No, I'll wrap it up. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Go check out Apple Pods, Fan 2, Fan Detroit. Subscribe to us there. Leave a review. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. We're in all those places, just like I told you in the beginning of the show. Um, But we're officially in all those places. We told you we were going to be on Apple Pods, and we did it for you. We finally got there. Uh, So thank you all for listening. Again, if you watch Big Brother, go check out our Big Brother bonus bod uh aka a mini big brother podcast uh but go check that out and we will see you guys same place same time next week tuesday 7 30 we're gonna have some nba finals talk for you as that'll be well underway and of course week four of the nfl season we hopefully will revisit our josh allen patty mahomes lamar jackson russell wilson discussion after josh allen goes for 405 touchdowns